Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save idea? the pump up. Really? This do is you what you're doing? This is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country. You're listening. You're listening to Braves Country. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I don't know much, but I know one thing. First of all, we'd like to recognize Martin Luther King Day, one of Atlanta's own. And I had something really poetic to say. And then I started chasing chickens and dogs through the yard. Armchair. Moments before we go Community on the air. Access channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Well, the is king. Yeah, the hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? I see your comment, Jack, and I am planning on getting Eddie on the show uh, tomorrow. I've, I've sent him a message on Twitter. And if he'll just send me the phone number, we'll do the work and we'll get him on the show. Uh, looking forward to that conversation. Love the whole, uh, you know, the college basketball betting that he's that he's been doing. And for, for folks who don't know what I'm talking about, this guy, Eddie, called into Boomer and Geo, the CBS national show. Long story short, phenomenal picks with college basketball games. And I'm talking about college basketball games that you never would even begin to think about betting on, but I've been following them. A lot of people have been following them on and I, w- I want to get him on to basically kind of get his take on college basketball betting. And he said that he's got some things that he wanted to lay on us as far as some things that need to be changed. Very interested about that. So hopefully if everything goes right, that will be tomorrow. Eddie Brown, Eddie, the jockey, Eddie for money uh, is known by a lot of things right now in the New York area. I follow him down here off of CBS radio. We get on in the mornings and I get my day started with Boomer and Geo. Love the show. And long story short, that's how I came across Eddie. Been been following his bets, laying his bets. And we all know that our show is about sports betting. We do that quite a bit. And he has been absolutely phenomenal. We'll share his pick here shortly. I've got it fired up and ready to go. But he has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he, he started making the pit, picks last week. And if, if my memory serves me cor- correctly, and, and, he, and he doubled up on the weekends, he's only had one wrong bet. But, I mean, he, we're talking about hitting 
hitting games, betting on Ohio. I think it was on Tuesday and then turning around betting against Ohio. It was either uh, Thursday or Friday, but we've been following the bets. We've been laying the bets. And uh, by the way, NFL weekend had a phenomenal NFL weekend have a couple of teasers that have yet to hit, but as the long, the short of it is as long as Tampa Bay doesn't get blown out, going to hit about five teasers. So we'll share some of those here later in the show as well. Teamus is on the way. We're talking major league baseball, Boston Red Sox, Teamus Wooten, uh big Boston Red Sox guy. We're going to talk about what, what's going to happen with the injury to Trevor's story. And of course this happens right before uh, the Carlos Correa signing. And so I think it caught the Red Sox a little flat-footed. They didn't have enough time to really respond. And what are they going to do this year in an in a offseason that's really been kind of quiet for the Red Sox? When you think of the Red Sox and you think of the Yankees and you think of the Mets, the three big dogs right now, I, I think in uh, Major League Baseball free agency, it's a little strange that the Red Sox have done absolutely nothing. We know the Yankees went out and spent, the Mets went out and spent. Uh, the Dodgers haven't really done a whole lot. They did make a trade for Rojas, but I feel like that the Dodgers are ponying up and getting ready for the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, which I don't see how that's not bare minimum $500 million. But we'll see how that plays out, and we've got a lot of things going on. We've got Tampa Tones for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in later. We're going to be talking Monday Night Football in the second hour. We've got going to get you real caught up real quick on the scoreboard because there is actual live sports going on right now because of Martin Luther King's holiday. And this Boston Celtics, 305 left. They lead 18 to 10 with Tatum at the foul line. And the, the, Celtics, I believe that was a minus eight and a half, minus nine at tip off, depending on where you fell on that. Tonight, well, excuse me, later on this afternoon, bottom of the hour, Heat and Hawks, Atlanta Hawks are getting a point at home. So if you're on the way to the stadium, good luck to the Hawks tonight. Should be a pretty good ball game, evenly matched two teams that have been kind of mulling around and what's going on. With Trey Young, is he still unhappy? Does he still want to stay? All that to unfold later on tonight. I think it's awesome that both Atlanta and Memphis, which is what MLK has was was most famous for, those two cities, uh, one for good, and of course the other was the tragedy. But Memphis is hosting uh, the the Suns tonight. They're a ten and a half point favorite. How the Suns have fallen from last year. Of course, their backcourt is absolutely riddled with injuries. And then later on tonight in the NBA, Rockets and Lakers. But the big game is obviously Monday Night Football, Bucks and Cowboys. And we are going to have the picks on that. And the college basketball, if you're wanting to get a quick update on that, if you got any money on these lines here, Dartmouth's over Harvard at the half by eight. St. Joe's over LaSalle, 39-27. That game just got started in the second. And St. Francis is down by Sacred Heart, 35-30. to Well, Purdue and Michigan State, that game, I believe, is on uh, the, the major Fox network. Number three, Purdue is up by 13 points on Michigan State. 
and you've had a bunch of other games going on today, but don't have time to get into the entire slate because there are a lot of games, both college and pro. Earlier today, though, Cornell knocked off Columbia 102.85, Villanova 77-73 over Georgetown, and Hofstra and Towson. Uh, Towson beats Hofstra by 1968-47. to So there you have that in the lines today. The NFL lines, if you're just thinking about possibly laying a bet right here, the Cowboys are still a two-and-a-half-point favorite on most lines, on most books, excuse me, and the over-under is 45-and-a-half, and I really like that under, but we'll get more into that in the second hour. I, As far as the actual line itself, I feel like if, if you're going to take the Bucks. It's interesting. There's a lot of people putting, there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the Bucks plus the two and a half. So they have actually dropped it down to an even, and you just get a plus 125 on the money line. So with that being said, normally it's a minus 110 for the line, which would be plus two and a half. Now it's a plus 125 on the money line. I really think you're better off just go ahead and take the two and a half. Get the, get the two and a hook in your pocket. Most books will let you buy a point. That's what I would probably prefer to do because if you go down onto a plus two and a half and you're going to buy that buy that point, typically when you buy a point in the NFL, there's a sharp charge on it. But I'm looking at it right now, and if you go in, for instance, and go to buy that that point it is the plus 150 or excuse me plus three and a half is is minus 150 it's a sharp object so they're trying to get you to buy that point i feel like it's a smarter play at that point and it did just drop down to plus 120 on the money line that you're just better off just sticking on the plus two and a half and let it ride i I feel like Tom Brady's going to be hard to beat at home. And I know he's getting older. He's getting up there. And the team hasn't played that great. But the Cowboys look like a mess last week. An absolute mess. And you can kind of compartmentalize that and throw it away. But at the same token, I'm leaning bucks right now. We'll make our official picks at the at the four o'clock hour, but that's where I'm leading. So let's let's go ahead and bring in Mr. Timus Wooten. Uh, Boston Red Sox fame. <laughs> Timus, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. McGee, how you doing? Good. Let me uh, get this evened up so everyone can see you and get rid of that thing right there. There we go. All right. Uh, I'm getting ready for a big, big game uh, tonight here down in Florida. Uh, Tampa Bay. We got Tampa Tones coming on at the 4 o'clock hour. And then uh, uh, Celtics fans, w- w- which I know you are, as am I, they're up by 10 with a minute and 11 left in Charlotte. Not too many people care about that. What they care about is the fact that the Celtics were giving up nine on most books. Nine on most books, and they just banged a three. So you might be able to hold on to it. It is a 13-point lead with 59 seconds left. We'll keep you updated. All right. Let's go ahead and dive into it. And just a uh, programming reminder for folks that might just be tuning in. We are planning on bringing Eddie Brown down here uh, tomorrow, 315 Eastern, our college basketball. I'm going to go ahead and call him, man. He's college basketball guru. Timus, I don't know if if you follow this story or not, but he was on uh, Boomer and Geo on CBS Sports Network in the mornings. 
And of course it's also on, on the fan in, in New York, long story short, he had, he had a, a story of Boomer Esiason back when he played for the Bengals and Eddie was a, a jockey. And the short of it is, cause I can't do the story uh, justice is that he asked Boomer if he remembered racing donkeys with other players. Boomer had to get reminded of it by one of his ex-teammates. He did. Eddie calls into the show, and the next thing you know, we find out from Gio asking him, well, what do you do now? And he's retired, obviously. He's in his uh, 60s, I believe, but, but he's an ex-jockey. He's retired, and, he's, and he says, uh, I bet one college basketball game a day. During the baseball season, I bet one baseball game. And he said what I've been saying for years, if you go heavy into the NFL, get ready to lose money. Same thing with college football. Your best handicappers are in those two sports. Your weaker handicappers are doing college ba- uh, basketball. A little stronger handicappers, but not by much, are doing Major League Baseball. The big ones are doing football and, and uh, in the NBA. And he's been crushing it with these random games teams that I know you're not a big college basketball fan, but I'm talking about random games, random teams. You would have never, you'd been like, they've got a team and they've got lines and he's been banging the heck out of the lines. So we look forward to that tomorrow. Um, Good work. If you can get it, I guess. Hey, I, I was skeptical when I first started, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to blindly believe that this guy knows what he's doing. I started following his picks and I've, and I've, I've met him pick for pick ever since he came on there last week. He's like eight and one, nine and one, something ridiculous like that. I mean, you don't get that in in any sport, much less basketball. But he is, and he he's never goes to like, well, I'm going to take the number three t- team in the country versus the number five team in the country. It's some random game that you have to say, is that even on TV? And he's and he's and he's killing it. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get into some Red Sox talk before we have to hit the first break. Question I've got for you is um, Trevor Story. It was it was Tommy John surgery, I believe, right? I know it's a it was surgery on his elbow. I, I heard people were referred to it as Tommy John. I don't think it's Tommy John. It's the same surgery that Big Poppy had, uh, and okay. he didn't have he didn't have Tommy John, but um, the recovery time isn't as long. Tommy John. Uh, they're saying they're he may be back at the end of the season, back in playing shape. So if it was Tommy John, we wouldn't be talking about him until you know June of next year. But, no, 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 no. That's only for uh, pitchers. Tommy John oh. for uh, batters all the time. Come back in about four or five months. I'm pretty sure he's getting some version of a Tommy John surgery because that's what they were saying at a bunch of the national outlets. Either way, um, he might be referring it to as something else, but it's essentially the same thing. If that makes sense. And Um, I know that best case scenario is for him to be back sometime in August. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah, I think you have to be in the playoff hunt for that even to happen. Right. If not, um, they're just going to tell him, you know, keep working and, uh, we'll see you next season you know, get yourself ready for spring training. I figured I want to try to get him back and at least get him some at bats by the end of the year, but anything meaningful best case scenario from what I saw the timeline is we're talking about after the all-star break. 
So I'm I'm gonna oh, peg this. I'm gonna mi- peg this mid to late August, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it, well past the All Star break. Um, would not have come at a better time for us. <laughs> obviously, I mean, we lost Xander to free agency, and now we don't have anybody up the middle. And uh, you know, Bronson Arroyo playing second not going to get it done our it's red Sox are in real trouble we're we're in real trouble yeah well this all happens just as carlos correa is essentially signing so they didn't really have a chance to even you know throw their hat in the ring really yeah um when i heard trevor went down i was like all right well what's going on with correa i switched immediately over to that website and I was listening to the MLB network in my car and they announced that he had gone on to Minnesota. I was like, well, so then I start looking, you know, who's out there that can plug a hole for us this season. Um, the names they threw out were Josh Harrison from the, you know, uh, play second. They said he's still a decent bat shortstop. Iglesias used to have um, he was I guess he was with the Angels last year and then with the Sox for a little while but I don't know man um, essentially any- there's there's nobody out there that you're going to be able to sign that is going to have any kind of impact that best case scenario a Trevor Story a healthy Trevor Story could have that's no, the you're absolutely right yeah we we're um, last place team last week this coming season but we're not even going to be competitive now i don't think you can't lose i mean up the middle is so important and we lost our two starters there and i i don't know uh and they can say well we've got the best farm system that would you can say that all you want but the problem with Jose Iglesias to me is so he's 33. I'm seeing spot track is his uh, average, his market value is around 5 million, right? The problem is if you sign him, is he expecting more than a one year deal? And do they have to kind of pick a spot below him? Could you well, possibly talk in Elvis Andrews? to come in and do a one year because what you're really looking for is just a one year deal, right? Yeah. You don't want So I don't see, so they may, so right now I see two guys out there that actually have a market value for spot track. And that means that there's two guys out there, by the way, the Celtics did hold on to win. I'll, I'll get you the number here in a second, but there's two guys that basically held on. They won by 12. So they did cover it in the total was, 130 to 118 so they hit the over as well they so there's two guys out there and it's iglesias who's 33 and it's elvis andrews who's 34 (sighs) with that okay out of those two uh uh-huh who's the best bat i it's it's got to be andrews he's a more solid bat he's not what he was when he was younger 
But I think he's a guy that you can think that can bring around in Fenway 15 home runs, maybe hit in the high 270-ish. He doesn't have the speed that he used to have, and he's solid in the infield. It's not like he's a liability defensively. Right. Iglesias is a much better defender, but Iglesias, you're not going to – I mean, he he barely hits his weight. He hit 292 with the Rockies last year. Right, exactly. But if you look at his OPS, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm saying he did that in Colorado. He didn't hit 300 in Colorado. What's he going to hit? Andrews, I look at it this way. Andrews is right-handed, correct? Am I, correct. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Correct. Okay. He just has to he could get some hits in Fenway. That's a monster that he would normally not get in other, any other stadium in, stadium in baseball. You know, he gets it underneath it a little bit. It'll chip off the wall. Like that. I, I would much rather see Elvis Andrews. And I love, I like Iglesias. I've always liked him. Um, you know, he came up through our system and we drafted him, everything. He did great for us. But, you know, I watched him play in Detroit up here a couple of seasons. I don't. He's not. All I, right, we we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, Timus, do me a favor. Read the uh, chat I sent you. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more baseball with Timus Wooten. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD. Having somebody making wild decisions that make no sense, that benefits nobody. Oh, yes. Right, yes. Is he listening to us? I can't he, tell. He's listening. He's not understanding. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, get us, man. It's We're talking about you. Ah. Big news in the big games covered in the Big Ten by the armchair quarterbacks all year long. Third down and about 22. As Smith drops the throw, he's got his tight end open, but he's got Carter down. Michigan leads the game with a first touchdown on a third. A bomb. The Carter, 71 yards. Now State's lead, 7-3. There he goes. So long. Ohio State, touchdown. That's that old one-two punch. You fake two of the first time, and then have a second time. In his career, Lorenzo White, 15 times, Rushed for 100 yards in a half. Five of those this season. On second and ten. Long, long throw to Rison, and he's open. All the way to the six-yard line. Big Ten football covered in the southeast by the armchair quarterbacks. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Hey, sports fans, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. 
Welcome back. We are talking some baseball here with uh, Timus Wooten, and uh, hopefully we, we got the audio uh, fixed. Um, the Boston Red Sox, as we were just talking about, I think I think they're in a mess. Yeah, and. We are just talking about ideas for that. Now, I'm not as familiar with the Red Sox organization. Do they have anyone internally that they think that they can bring? No, not they're not ready yet uh, as far as the, you're talking about the farm system. Right. Uh, no, we're still a year or two away, probably two uh, on the shortstop. Do they so, have anybody that could play shortstop and, and you go out and sign a second baseman? Because I've got an idea. I, I've got a guy for you if that can happen. Well, the way they're talking now is Bronson Arroyo is going to play second. They're going to bring Kike Hernandez in from center field to play short. Okay. And, uh, they're going to bring up that uh, young kid to play center and then our new Japanese player to play right. And uh, – I can't remember the left fielder's name right now, but okay, okay. So, so there's one option that I can see at least as a bench piece to give you depth to be able to play. He's played shortstop in the past, but he's really more of a second baseman, especially at this advanced stage. But Tommy Lastella, good left-handed bat, would be a solid piece to play second base, even if he's not a full-time starter. Uh, you got Josh Harrison out there, but man, he's going to be 36 years old this year. I don't know. If you want to go that route, the other guy that jumps out to me would be Cesar Hernandez, who's played for the Nationals for the last few years. And he and he's a decent. He's not going to go out. No one out there is going to slug 30 home runs or anything like that, but he's a decent piece that you could put at the bottom of the lineup and get serviceable. I'm not 100 percent. I don't recall seeing him at shortstop as much. I know he's played a little so that he, he might have to consider I guess what I'm getting is you might have to go with a guy that is typically a second baseman. Phil Gosselin's another one. He's 34. He's aging. He's been with the Braves. He's been with the Angels. He's been all over the place. But he he does play shortstop. He's a guy who's going to – he'll essentially hit his weight. But he's a smart hitter. He's a, he's a professional hitter. He's not a bad play either. Well, I've heard the name. I can't remember his last name. He's the Asian player – for Padres that played shortstop. And, but now that they've signed Xander Bogart, they're like, well, what's this guy going to do? And his name has come up as, you know, but they're asked the Padres are going to want another option. Okay. So you put all, all your guys, you pull them from the outfield and you're talking about putting Hernandez in the infield or yeah. Kike in the infield. Right. Right. Here's a guy that I think would pepper that green wall. Adam Duvall, and he can play center field. He's played it for years off and on. He's a guy that could play all over the infield. Heck, every, I think a lot of people forget he came up as a third baseman, but he, he's a solid defensive center fielder. He's typically in center and left. He can play first if need be. Adam Duvall, he's 34. You sign him to like a two-year deal. He'd probably be okay with that. And if it doesn't work out, A, you may be able to trade him, or B, you, 
if he does work out, you can hold on to him next year and you can you can find a plethora of places to put him. I know Tommy Fam's up there on everyone. I don't man, I'm just not a Tommy Fam guy. I think he's overrated as all get out. I mean we're up against the luxury tax. A lot of that depends on that. I think we're not over it yet, but we're within a couple of million, two or three million or something like that. And you know, that's high in Bloom's thing. He was told when he come in, keep us underneath that. But that's just I mean, if you're going to have a competitive ball club, you're gonna have to pay for these players. I mean, if you're gonna have to if you have to stand under the cap and you're looking for like bottom barrel outfielders at this point. I'm looking at the list. Unfortunately, he just signed to go over to, I believe it was South Korea. Uh, Guillermo Heredia would be a perfect center fielder because he's a phenomenal defense. You're not going to get anything offensively out of him. But he's a phenomenal clubhouse guy and outstanding defensive center fielder. But that's neither here nor there because he's gone. Um, a kid that you could take a chance on that was supposed to be a highly rated kid at the beginning was Lewis Brinson. You know, he came up, uh, you know, it was, what was it? It was the, the, the Brewers. And then he went to the Marlins. And then I believe he's, he spent last year. I want to say he was in San Fran at the end, but Lewis Brinson. I mean, I'm looking at guys that are not, here's another one. And I know you like this, but you don't like it because you know what you're going to get out of it, but you do like it because you know what you're going to get out of it. Guy that's sitting out there on the free agent market right now, 32-year-old left-handed defensive center fielder, Jackie Bradley Jr. No. Uh, All right. So you don't want him, but you thing is you can't go over the salary cap, what you're telling me. So if you can't do that, and these guys aren't expensive per se, I mean, the guy that comes to my mind would be Jerkson Profar. But he's being... They're saying his market value is 15 mil. So if you're saying you're just a few million from the from the hard cap um, that they've established themselves, then he's not available. Peralta's not available. Fam's not available. Fam can't even play center field. Peralta really can't either. Robbie Grossman's not available. They're saying seven. I can't believe Grossman would, would, would draw seven. I would. The, what could happen at the end if you get closer to spring training is you get one of these guys to sign a one-year deal with you league minimum and let's go right that's kind of what i'm thinking is going to happen and then if we catch lightning in a bottle you know and we start competing the first half of the season then you know make a move at the trade deadline we did it in 04 did it in 07 and it worked out well for us then but John Henry was writing blank checks back then. He's not anymore. So what is the deal with that? Why is it? Why have all of a sudden the Red Sox become coupon cutters? Cause I don't get it. That's a, that's the multi-billion dollar question, Dave. We have been asking that very question so much. And I mean, I don't know if you know of Tomasi, he's a writer for the Red Sox. Yeah. And he just cornered, john henry the other day and he's like what what are you doing he's like oh well our farm league and he's like so we don't care about the players that might be good later we're concerned about the 2023 season why why are we even talking about the farm system 
you know, spring training's a couple of months away. You don't have a team to put out on the field right now. Nobody got any answers. We don't, he started buying these other sports teams. They didn't pan out. So his money was kind of separated for a while, but he's just sold a soccer team. And it's, it's an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, I wish I had a good answer for you, but I'm only guessing. I don't understand it because you're talking about a market that absolutely is obsessed with their baseball team. They're right. going to put butts in the seats. They're, you're going to have good ratings if you television if you're winning. But let's also be fair. If the Celtics are good in the spring, there's going to be some TVs turned off on a on a Red Sox team that could be 20 games under 500. Absolutely, yeah. And then come. Let's not forget about the Bruins, right? Right. Yeah. And if the Bruins win, and then if maybe the Patriots are worth watching again, it's. I don't know. I'm going to watch them every game because, you know, I live with I mean, them. The Bruins are I, – I, I just pulled up the Bruins. First of all, they're winning 6 nothing over the Flyers. They're having an incredible season. They're 33-5-4. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. No. You don't have to be a hockey guy to go, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, so – 33-5? Yeah, I don't. I don't ever recall seeing a, a number like that in like professional sports. Maybe the Bulls back in the. I mean, yeah, you know, you you pull up that kind of number come March Madness, and it's like North Carolina because they padded like fifteen games, but you know, going up against NCANT and whatnot. Um, but man, so I just, I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but I don't. I, I don't think the Patriots really matter realistically because. Not right now. The the Patriots play in in the off season of of your Red Sox, right? Right. And if the Red Sox are are good and heading towards the the, the World Series, there's going to be focus on that in September and October as opposed to a regular season football game. But man, they anyways. We'll move on from the Red Sox talk, but you can't just continue to put out i mean let's be honest it sounds uh, there, there, there was a report coming out of the athletic the short of it is they interviewed an, an employee an ex-employee of the of the reds who said that their ownership group is running the cincinnati reds and this this was his words running it like a non-profit organization of course Ooh. that's viral and it's everyone's talking about it I don't see a big difference between what the Reds are doing and, and what the Red Sox are doing. And who would have ever thought you would have put those two teams in the same sentence with the bank account that the Red Sox have? They've always been the big spenders. Yeah. And I don't get it. I mean, I'm sure Yankee fans love it. Rays fans, everyone oh, in the division. Because the Yankees haven't stopped spending money. Uh, they've gotten a little more frugal. They're they're not the big dogs they used to be. They right. still try to stay um, within what is it? There's there's three tiers, and they refuse to get to that third tier that the that the New York Mets have just blown through. But they still, but but to your point, they still go out and spend. They yes. absolutely go out and spend. You know, they went out and they got obviously they resigned Judge, and you have to do that. But they went and they brought in Carlos Rodon. So man, I I hate to tell you, but you. <laughs> Come on over to the dark side with the Atlanta yeah, Braves, man. Because it's going to be a long season with that Red 
nonsense. Yeah, it's gonna for Red Sox fans. We'll be switching from beer to whiskey about the end of May, I think. You'll be you you'll be doing that right after breakfast every day. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not going to be a fun season for us. I mean, All Star break, your wife leaving you. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's all right. I'm tired of tasting whiskey every time you walk past me. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired of finding you in the bushes. Is there right. <laughs> uh, there has been some uh, Braves news today, by the way. So yesterday was the uh, first day of the international signing, and the Braves got a couple of guys. Luis Guanapia was the out was one of the outfielders that headlined for the Atlanta Braves in the international signings, and they also got another outfielder that folks are really high on. And I found it interesting that they that they went outfield outfield as far as their top two guys. The other guy's name is Carlos Monteverde. So Guadalupe signed for a $2.4 million signing bonus. Uh, Monteverde, $600,000 signing bonus. Um, now, if you want to know what that is in comparison, you're sitting out there going, well, what does that mean realistically? The Padres gave a 16-year-old catcher $5.6 million. I saw that. They, I mean, they say he's a bad man. Look, if it comes through, better be, and it works, it's brilliant. What's five point six million dollars compared to what they've just <laughs> given Manny Machado and all the other idiots, right? But eighteen years old, why are you giving a sixteen-year-old millions of dollars? He <laughs> better be a bad man. That's all I know. Man. The chances of that kid being mature enough to handle that kind of money, stay on the straight and narrow, stay focused. Now that he's already gotten the big paycheck. I mean, well, I will say this, that's, that's how the Atlanta Braves really built theirs. Now they would have even had a more phenomenal team if uh, they hadn't got popped with, with the uh, major league baseball in their, in their dealings with, with the international signings. Now that was a few years ago. And then Anthopolis took over, cleaned it up. But when you look at the, you look at the Braves roster, it's littered with guys that they got in the international signing. I mean, you don't have to look any further than Ronald Cunha Jr. and Ozzy Albies. And so that's where you get these players. You're not getting these players. You're not drafting them, right? It's an international signing. And what the, one of the things that the players union fought for this past year was to up the ante, and that's why you're seeing the the, the bigger payings for the for, for the international players. But I will say this: like, I think you're better off being fairly aggressive as opposed to going all in, like like what we're talking about a 16 year old 5.6 million, because you still only have X amount that you can throw at the at the signings, and so that is capped, right? And so there's, there's still something to be said with not putting an all on one guy. But if you think this is not a can't miss pro he's 16 year old, can't miss prospect, a catcher, a catcher of all things, which I mean, that's like, dude, honestly, finding a, an elite catcher is like finding Bigfoot, you know, you're like, Oh, gotta, gotta, uh, corral him. Um, what, what, what here's my question. What makes a 16 year old an elite catcher 
there's well, first of all, they have scouts down there and they're already playing semi-professional baseball. They're not playing little league and they're basically going in just like it. Yeah. It's a gamble because what makes an 18 year old, 19 year old kid coming out of high school, college, uh, you know, European leagues and the NBA, it can't miss nothing really makes them a can't miss, but you're kind of hedging your bet that you're better off developing this kid, getting him into your system. You develop this kid and you teach him the way you want him to play. Once he hits 18, you'll have six years of control and you, and you kind of go from there. Right. Um, there's no way for us to know how this kid's going to project. It'll be six years from now. We won't even remember the conversation, right? You're like, man, this kid's pretty good. Who is this? And then you, someone will eventually go, dude, y'all were talking about him that one day. And now he's headed to the, you know, the hall of fame. Right. Uh, what or, or whatever happened to that kid? Yeah. And he's, you know, bagging groceries. Um, but I, I found that, really interesting the 5.6 but it's jumping out at us because this is the first cycle of this since the new cba well they their mark i mean that's i just can't see giving a 16 year old kid that many millions of dollars but whatever you know the padres are just going crazy money-wise i mean they're I think when that guy dies, he wants his last check to bounce or something. He's just throwing money. We got to take a really quick break. When we come back, I'll tell you what a New York Met says. It has a lot of people laughing, not just in the Bronx, but all throughout Braves country. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves country HD, wherever you stream and WQEE Atlanta. 99.1 FM. Is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend? See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own, and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on an education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. <laughs> Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there. Pulling no punches, calling it how I see it for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch all season long, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to screwball peanut butter whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with screwball peanut butter whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. 
This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We- bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of, of Bigfoot. Bigfoot, my Mike Leach comment was pretty uh, appropriate considering what we were just talking about. Um, and I'll tell you, man, the sports world was robbed of that man's passing at such an early age because what he would have done with the podcast after retirement would have been phenomenal. Um, other things of interest, your Miami Dolphins. So they lose, and I thought it was a valiant effort. Skylar Thompson looks great. Have you seen this video that has been going around viral, T, about him on the sidelines, and you can't quite see it, but you know what he's doing, but you don't know what he's doing kind of thing? I think he's going to get fined. It looked like he was vaping on the sidelines during the game yesterday. What? Who? The head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniels. You could see him put his hand up, and then you see smoke come out. And I'm sure it's just, it's, it's just a normal vape, but he's going to get fined for that. The other thing is, he talk. If, if you've ever listened, anyone's ever listened to to Mike McDaniel talk, he sounds like a burnout. So this is not helping his case, because if you've never listened to Mike McDaniel talk, I'm telling you, you can entertain yourself for hours with that. He's just like, this guy somehow got hired as a National Football League coach. But I think he's done a pretty darn good job, number one. And number two, I kind of gotten to where I like him. And I don't know why, but he's just, he's refreshing. He does he's not that coach speak like you get with Belichick. Yeah. he's It's more like that they're interviewing you know, someone off of Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, what was the uh, Ted's, ex, uh, Ted's bogus Good. excellent Ex- adventure? Yeah, excellent adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Bill and Ted. He kind of sounds like Bill or Ted, either one. He's so, not quite at the Cheech and Chong level yet. You know, but he's still young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep waiting for him to get interviewed. He goes, man, have you seen my Cheetos? Like, you- <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to be here. I guess I'd go for some peanut butter cups or something. He never looks intoxicated, but he sounds it. Or he just sounds like his brain cells are done. I do know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one to point a finger. <laughs> there's ever a, if there's ever a warning sign, kids listen to Mike McDaniel speak. But like I said, for some reason it's endearing to me. I'm like, man, this is so funny. This, that this guy got through an NFL interview with what I'm guessing was the whole time. Going, yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> Whoa. Dolphin. Well, I can, I can live in Miami. That's, yeah, I don't, that's I pretty cool, man. 
whoa, 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 you're going to put me in charge of everything? Oh, man. He's a kind of young guy, too, right? He is. He is. Yeah, I saw his post-game interview yesterday, and I was like, how old is this guy? I mean, I don't, I've seen him a hundred times before, but I, I don't know. Yesterday, it just kind of looked like for younger for some reason. Um, he did look a little Willie Nelson a little bit, you know, and his, I think it's the inflection, the speed that he talks just kind of, you start leaning with him or leaning into him before he's done with the sentence or whatever. But I think he's done a great job with Miami. I, I really do. I like him. Um, he was getting all kind, he was getting torn apart this morning. They said, you know, his inexperience is what cost him to get with the uh, delay a game penalty and all that. I he said he didn't real he was told that it was they got a first down, but they didn't. And the guy was like, you know, they have little signs that says one, two, three, four. That should have been your indicator. And he just looked at him like he had so. Who knows? I mean, I think it was going to be close, honestly. And so I don't think they have a whole lot to hang their head about. Uh, just a quick update. Um, I did get in contact with Eddie, Eddie Brown. Uh, Eddie for money, as he's known on Twitter. I, I keep wanting to call him downtown Eddie Brown because, man, I'm telling you, he's taking you downtown with these picks, baby. I mean, I mean that in a good way. He will be here tomorrow, uh, 3.15 Eastern time. So we're going to give him a call and trust me, you do not want to miss. If you haven't, you haven't heard Eddie talk college basketball and gambling, you do not want to miss it. He is an absolute, uh, not just insightful, but very, very colorful character. Looking forward to it. Um, okay. So a couple other things that we'll touch on, by the way, I, you know, and the thing is with the dolphins, I don't know what Tua is going to do next year. I'm, I'm really concerned. This guy might be done. Cause he's had so many concussions and even if he does try to come back and I think a lot of people in his family are going to try to tell him, dude, it's not worth it. But if he does try to come back, you got to have a plan B. And I thought Skylar Thompson was phenomenal yesterday and I, I didn't get the win, but man, seventh round pick. And he's what third, fourth string Miami has. And he, I, I think he did. I, I don't think he has anything to hang his head about this morning. Yeah, did we get the victory? No. But you're not going to win them all. And this guy went up to Buffalo, you know, in January and got them, you know, they were down early. He brought them back. Uh, that defensive, uh, you know, touchdown didn't hurt us any. But I think he did a, a really great job. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what next year would hold if he got some more starts, you know, I mean, but yeah, I'm with you. I too has been knocked around, man. I don't well, know. I can tell you this much from watching several of the, of the Miami games this year, he's definitely a heck of a lot better than Bridgewater. Bridgewater is really, I mean, with yeah. Bridgewater, he's literally a, a game manager. They were able to take some shots with Thompson. And honestly, they're, they, Look, if there weren't some drops by Waddle and and a couple other guys, they might have won that game. They should have they should have scored a heck of a lot more points in the first half than they did. Their defense stepped up. They made some plays. I don't think Skylar Thompson is going to be valuable 
by the fan base like like they should be, but I guarantee that front office is like, all right, we're going into this season not sure about Tua, but we got a guy that we can do stuff with. Now I'm not saying they won't draft a quarterback, but I don't think it's it's necessarily a need anymore. And I I cannot say that that's honestly the truth before that. Well, I'm trying to think who it's a pretty big quarterback out of college this year, isn't it? Is or was is it there there's a lot of big uh it's a very good quarterback class, but the but the thing is the Dolphins are gonna draft so high they won't be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um real quick on on some of the other things. Trey Mancini to the Cubs two year deal. You know, I know Cubs fans will hope that he performs better than he did down the stretch for the Astros because he was a disaster. But he does have a track record of being a pretty good player. So I thought that was a decent signing, but Miguel Rojas, I think this is sneaky. Good by the Dodgers. Miguel Rojas was traded from the Marlins to the Dodgers to fill that shortstop need. Now they can put Gavin Lux all over the place. He's really more of a second baseman. And the other concerning thing, if you're a Yankee fan, Frankie Montas, he's expected to miss at least the first month of the season with shoulder injury so they might still be out there they'll probably piece it together with their farm system but they might be out there to to try to find a low level starter i hope not i really sincerely hope hope not but i wouldn't put it past them i mean it wouldn't be the worst idea really because you don't know how long it's going to take him to recover you know we're talking about a pitcher and a shoulder so so easily get a setback and then then what two three months into the season before he can come back you know um i don't know we'll see i'm i'm having trouble following the days because i've been lulled to sleep red sox office well i think i think a lot of yankee fans are upset that they haven't spent the money that the mets have but honestly like the mets have just gone ridiculous at this point and if, but if I'm a Yankees fan, I I think I think you got a decent chance of winning the division again. Very good chance. I, the only thing that would concern me a little bit, as far as on paper, we all know that they don't play the game on paper; they play them inside your TV sets and radio and radios. But on paper, the Blue Jays to me are a dangerous squad. Yep. Outside of that, I think I think it's two horse race between the Blue Jays and the Yankees, and the Yankees are still the defending division champions and they want it by a landslide. So I, I have to feel like they're going to, what they're looking for for the Yankees, they've got to get past the Astros. Yeah. And it's non-negotiable. You cannot get swept by the Houston Astros. If you're the New York Yankees, you just can't. It's and- one thing to lose a close series to get swept. It's it's unacceptable. And I think they helped. One of the things is it, they're starting pitching next year that a lot of people are, are, are sleeping on at this point because of previous injuries. They're starting pitching next year is going to be very good. You got yeah. Reno, you've got Cole, you've got Montas will be Montas. He'll, he'll be the number five guy. Of, of course, they went and signed Rodon, uh, Domingo Herman. They've got a deep, pitching staff and i think they'll try to piece piece some more uh 
guys together with, with the bullpen as we get closer to the spring. We have got to run, Timus. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? Walk-off for today would be if it's just time to either make our stand, go get some legitimate players, stick in field, or start planning for the 2024 season. I'm hoping it's the former, not the latter, but they're not giving me a whole lot to talk to you about on these shows. <laughs> so well, that's all right. We got the whole world of baseball. We will be back in a flash. We'll see you next week. Teams will be back in a flash. Tampa tones and the Buccaneers talk. We'll be back. Keep it locked in here on Braves country HD on WQEE Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and youtube.com at Braves Country. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Tampa Bay Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen has been activated off the injured reserve list. He could play tonight with the Dallas, he could play tonight versus the Dallas Cowboys. Bucks had until 4 p.m. Eastern to activate Jensen, who was on day 19 of the 21-day practice window. To make room for Jensen, the team waved linebacker J.J. Russell. One of the wildest comebacks in NFL playoff history attracted one of the craziest bets in playoff history. $1.4 million to win just 11200 The bet went viral and then sparked the debate in the sports betting community. Money line wager was placed with DraftKings on Saturday after the Chargers jumped out to a 27 to nothing lead over the Jaguars in the first half of the wildcard nightcap. At that point, DraftKings was offering the Chargers odds to win the game minus 12500 A better would risk 12500 on the Chargers to win $100. An unidentified better took it a few steps further. The screenshot, which was reported by Bleacher Report and confirmed by ESPN, better placed $1.4 million on the money line, and the Chargers lose the game 31-30. to The third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. Extremely frustrated J.K. Dobbins says he believes it would have been a different result had the Ravens given him the ball and not quarterback Tyler Huntley. Quote, he should have never been in that situation. I don't get a single carry. I didn't get a single carry, he repeated. He should never have been in that situation. I believe I would have put the ball in the end zone again. I'm a guy who feels like I should be on the field at all times. It's the playoffs. Why am I not out there? He added later, if we had Lamar, we'd have won too. Lamar Jackson has been out for several weeks with a knee injury, and Michael Vick was quoted as saying, it's the playoffs. You're three games away. Put a brace on it. Get it going. I played a whole season with a torn MCL. Jackson has been diagnosed 
with a grade two sprain of the knee. Bengals hold on to beat the Ravens 24-17 and will face the Buffalo Bills Sunday at 3 p.m. San Diego Padres signed 16-year-old catcher Ethan Salas of Venezuela to a $5.6 million signing bonus on Sunday, the first day of the international signing period. The Salas brothers have a long family history in baseball. Their father, Jose Antonio, played in the Atlanta Braves organization. Their uncle, Jose Gregorio, played with the Blue Jays. Their grandfather, Jose, played with the Astros and the Royals. The Atlanta Braves signed outfielder Luis Guanipa from Venezuela to a $2.5 million signing bonus. He was rated 10th on Baseball America's International Prospect Board and was tied for fifth highest future value on fan graphs. Another Venezuelan outfield signee, Carlos Monteverde, had the Braves' second largest signing bonus at $600,000, followed by Dominican outfielder John Estevis at $310,000. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves country. I'm just there till my divorce is final. Now, who is coconuts enough to divorce you? We got to go. But we'll see you around. Well, we'll have to have you over sometime. I'd love it. All right. Bye. Bye. She's awesome. No, we are never having her over. Her charity slept with two dads from the school. What? Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites! I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! Here you go. Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Do you want to lose 18 pounds fast and improve your health? Now you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months with Nutrisystem. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered safely to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow, and you'll see results in your first week. You'll get your favorite foods made healthier and perfectly balanced to put your body in fat-burning mode. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem, and you can too. Lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Take the scenic route in the new Hyundai Santa Fe, the family SUV with available H-Track all-wheel drive to help you travel way off the beaten path. Find new adventures together in the Hyundai Santa Fe. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Welcome back. Monday Night Football. Super Wild Card Weekend. 
can't get enough of this. You know, it's a little di difficult or not. It's new getting used to, I guess, is what I should say. Because for years, you had the four games on two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And now you, you get two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then you get the Monday night football game. Tampa Bay hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Got to figure that's going to be an absolute ratings grabber tonight as ESPN, I, I noticed today they had all their all their folks down there pumping up the game. Of course, I'm sure they didn't have to talk any of their hosts into going to Tampa in the middle of January. Get a little warmer down there, right? And right now, gonna, I'm going to update the page real quick one more time. Uh, Buccaneers are now a three-point underdog, so it did finally get up to plus three. And I would suggest grabbing it. I would suggest grabbing it because I do not think this is going to be a game that is won easily by either side. I really feel like it's going to come down to possibly just a field goal. And if you can have if you can have Tom Brady at home and three in your pocket, I say take that all day long. The over-under, by the way, is still sitting at 45 and a half which is interesting because I thought it might go down a little bit or possibly even up just because folks like to bet the over on Monday night football. They really do. They love betting the over because they want to see high scoring. They want to see a shootout. And I could see a path to that, but at the same token, I really feel like as Tones will be joining us here just shortly, just talk to him our Tampa Bay Buccaneer guy. Um, I really feel like that it's probably going to be a lower scoring punch and Judy type matchup. If you want to look at the numbers real quick for the first half, the first half numbers, get that in one second. Right now, Dallas, their over under is 24 and the Buccaneers are, is 21 and a half. So if you do like the Cowboys and you think they're going to pull it off, if Dallas wins this game, I don't see Tampa getting over that 21 and a half. I feel like it's going to be more of a 24-21 win by the Bucs. Just because it seems like that the Dallas Cowboys have not stepped up in big games in the playoffs, first of all. I still think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, a very good quarterback. But if if I've got to pick between the two, and I know there's a huge age difference, but if i got to pick between the two, give me Tom Brady, but it's going to be a dink and dunk down the field. They're not going to be hitting the big ones, I don't believe. It's going to be a dink and dunk down the field. And... That's also, that's the way that the Buccaneers are eating the clock too, right? That's how they're eating the clock. I also believe you're going to get a big, heavy dose. I will see if he's effective, but you're going to get a big, heavy dose of Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette to me has a solid chance when you start talking about some of the props. Player to score the first touchdown see where it's at now it is now up to plus 800 for leonard fournette i really like that i really like that number 
Now, probably more likely to do an anytime touchdown because in that way you don't get screwed over by uh, circumstances. And if they're, he's just a plus 125. If you want to look for a number that's a little more de- I Mike Evans is plus 120. How does he not get in the end zone? As Tones is joining us right now, so we'll go ahead and uh, bring him in. Welcoming on to the show, Mr. Tampa Tones. How are you, sir? Mr. McMcGee, how we doing, brother? Happy Monday. It's been a plethora of great playoff games so far. I'm just hoping the Bucks can keep that trend going tonight against Dallas. What a wild card weekend it's been. It's been one of the best I could remember. Yeah, I, we, we've really only gotten the one dud, the 49ers Seahawks. And really, that was a pretty darn good game until we hit the fourth quarter. Correct. Yeah, that first half, especially in the first three quarters, pretty much were a treat in that one. So you're right. We really only have gotten one bad quarter of football to this point. Yeah, you're, you know, when you look at some of these things, I, I still have to laugh, man. And what and how does Brandon Staley still have a job? Does he still have a job? Have they updated that? that he still has a job i don't know how but right now he still does have one and to me it's blasphemy with the coaching availability a lot of good seemingly coaches whether vets are up and coming brandon staley has to lose his job i feel like he's got to you blew a 27 nothing and that's not like this isn't the only thing that he's done goofy right correct it would be different if it was a guy that is well established and just got things going and things just didn't go your way. If you look at that Jaguar game with the Chargers, they were absolutely the better team. They just got off to a terrible start. Yeah. I mean, what a crazy, like, that Trevor Lawrence game minus the winning part, but that reminded me of a Jameis Winston-type performance, right? He throws the four picks, then he throws four touchdowns, 300 yards. What a gutsy performance by him after a lot of people wrote him off. Now, first of all, the first interception was not his fault. It was ricocheted. It was a goofy, right guy, right place. There was another one that was just a phenomenal interception, phenomenal catch. I really think only one of them was is what I would call a bad throw. Mm-hmm. But across the board, the, I mean, they were just playing really bad football, and not only were they turning the ball over, like it was just – it was almost like they were inventing new ways to do it. They, they were all over that. him in coverage too. There was not many receivers getting open initially. I was at a watching party with a bunch of Jaguar fans, and a bunch of them gave up. One guy left. He claims to be this huge Jaguar fan. He left at halftime. Even when during the during that that last when it was twenty seven to nothing, they had the ball. Said, "Man, if we can just get a touchdown, make it twenty to seven to seven, then you got to get a stop." Or I'm sorry, at that point it would have been, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was twenty seven to seven at the half. If you can just get a stop and score, you can start putting some pressure on them. Correct. And that's exactly what they did. And I mean, I mean, some of the things that went down there, the missed field goal played obviously big, big part into it, but wide open going down the side or going in the sideline, middle of the field, Zay Jones. I mean, absolutely nobody around him. 
what a year he's had. I mean, between him and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, they've really beefed up some important areas and gave Trevor Lawrence some good weapons to throw to last year. You know, what a turnaround, too. A lot of people blame Trevor Lawrence, but it's more and more clear by the week that it was Urban Meyer being. Obviously, Urban had a big fault to that, but it's almost seemingly all of Urban Meyer on the Jaguars' struggles last season. If you're just joining us um, and you are looking for Eddie, Eddie Brown, college basketball betting expert, will be with us tomorrow at 315. You don't want to miss that. Very entertaining guest that we'll have. Um so Jaguars are not going out to KC. We'll get more into that as, as, as the week goes on. But I, I noticed the early line in that game is Jacksonville's getting nine points. And I'm kind of curious to see how far it gets up there. But I think Jacksonville will, will keep it close. And one of my favorite early plays is the teaser of taking the Jags and the over. Because the over, I think, is at 52 and I definitely think we're, that we're going to get to the over. What's the spread at right now? Nine is what I – let me double-check and see if it's changed. So what would you tease it to, 16, 15 or 16 or so? Well, your typical teaser is a six-point teaser, right? So right. right now – oh, it's already dropped down to eight and a half. But pump the brakes. Wait, it, It'll go back up. It will go back up. Um. But if you can get it at nine or nine and a half and you hit that teaser, you can take it to 15 and a half at that point. I think that's where I took it was 15 and a half because I think I actually grabbed it at nine and a half when it first came out last night. I don't have it in front of me, so don't quote me. But um, and then your over under would drop down to 46. Hmm. I like that a lot. That's a teaser that's worth taking for sure. I think both hit pretty dang good, honestly. I mean, Kansas, uh, excuse me, Jacksonville and Los Angeles played to a 61 total. And that was a goofy game, right? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not head not in the clouds. I, th- I think Kansas City's going to win. Kansas City's going to week off to prepare. Andy Reid and company, they're going to put some points up. I think the Jags will put some points up too. I think it'll be an entertaining game. And I think they'll fight to the, to the very finish. Most of these playoff games, that was what we're seeing. I don't think we're going to get an absolute onslaught. Mm-mm. The other straight up one that I like really, I like a lot right now, and it's sitting there now at seven and a half, is the Giants are getting seven and a half at the Eagles. I like that as well. I mean, that to me feels like a game that's going to be really closely contested. It's it's a divisional game. We've seen how all these divisional games have all been one-score games. On most you, sites, you if if you're if you want to be super cautious, you can pay up and uh get the get the the extra point and take it to eight and a half. And even though it didn't matter, even if you bump it up a little bit, I bumped up Miami from 14 to 14 and a half yesterday. Whatever you got to do to make you feel comfortable. But I'm a big fan of that Giants one. Uh, tease it or straight up regardless. Um, that's pretty interesting. But we got a little bit of breaking news. It seems like Arizona Cardinals stole one of your Tennessee Titans as their new general manager, Mr. McNagy. They got director of player personnel, Monty. Austin for as their new GM, the Arizona Cardinals stole him from the Jack or well, from the play offensive line. That, that means nothing to me. <laughs> you <laughs> know, 
right? Whoopity do. I agree with you. It's not really a loss ever for the team that loses a guy in in no. terms of that. That's just good news for him and his family. That's not, I don't I don't I don't think that's that's going to be a big deal uh, in general because usually if you if you have a decent infrastructure in your in your front office, you know you'll be fine. That's one of those, you know that I mean that's one of the reasons why I never really bring up the the front office moves because unless it's a unless it's a household name it's one of those things that most fans just kind of go okay yeah, that's great but uh what about the fact that uh, jensen's going to be back today for center for the for the bucks correct that's a big deal now that's a big deal the, yeah and it's not like it's only really a big deal too if titans had stealable coordinators for head coach right now i don't see that happening either. titans aren't in the playoffs so i i'd say we move back to the monday night football game um but the so 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 Jets is going to be ready for to play the game, but somehow the the Dallas has gone up to minus three. I really feel like that that is Dallas money coming in. Everyone likes the Cowboys; they're all Cowboy fans. And I know that the Buccaneers have stunk this year, but they're at home. They still have Brady. They're getting three. I'll take my chances. Yeah, that three—it's a lot of points for giving Brady. I like it as much as. If you were to put 100 down on the money line, it looks like you'd win right about 130 right now as well. So if you're a guy who never likes to bet against Brady, it might even be worth looking at that money line. But that plus three spread, I'm staring that puppy right in the eyes as well. I think that's too many points to pass up, especially since they're at home, right? I mean, it was week one. We've seen what they did earlier this season to Dallas, although week one, now they're at home. This could be their last home playoff game. They know what's on the line. I think you're going to see a big performance from Tom Brady today, and I think he's going to throw the ball a lot. Well, I think he's going to have to. I don't think they'll get a lot going on the ground. I do think they're going to try to establish it. I think there's a reason why Leonard Fournette was not used much down the stretch, and I think you think you're going to see a heavy dose of him, but it doesn't mean they're going to get anything going. They just got to keep him honest. They want to get the safeties up just enough to be able to give Brady a chance to maybe hit Evans deep. It may be hit Godwin over the middle. It may be, you know, a, a guy to keep an eye on. I hope he doesn't have a big game because going up against him in, in DFS is Russell Gage. Mm-hmm. And Russell Gage going off is the only thing that could ruin my DFS in that league. I was looking at it. I was like, man, I pretty much got this. As long as, as, long as Gage doesn't get like 150 yards or two or three touchdowns, I'll win. You, you should be okay given the plethora of weapons for the bucks you know I, I i find a hard path there but you never know i guess yeah i i'll tell you what let me see since it's gone up what has that done to the actual line line the 500 most? on brady wow this guy's rolling big i hate the nfl comments on youtube yeah um let me see here we got the I mean, I've seen worse bets. I've seen $1.4 million put on the Chargers when they're up 27 and nothing because the guy wants to win $11,000. I think it's $11,200. Mm. What kind of knucklehead does that? <laughs> There's some crazy betters in this world. I always thought growing up I was one of them. $1.4 million to make $11,000? That's not even worth it. What? I don't even understand. I mean, maybe this guy's made a bunch of money that way and he's just 
taking advantage of what he or what he thinks taking advantage of the system. But that one time that you're wrong, like he was, you'll never recoup that. Nope. And, and that's the thing you get, you know, that's how betting sucks you in. You think it's easy and then you lose a big one eventually. It's unbelievable that anyone would do that. Let me see here. I'm, I want to look at, so I, I toggle back and forth between three sites, essentially Caesars bet us. And then there's another offshore one that I'm curious. They're still at two and a half and bet you it's Caesars that went up to three. So someone went down on that and your money line is sitting anywhere between plus plus one twenty and one twenty five. But most of the sites that I'm seeing the two, the plus two and a half is an even, it's not a minus one ten. Mm. So I still think I would stick with the plus two and a half and not try to go the money line. And I mentioned this earlier. It's because you're not paying your typical juice on the minus 110. And then if you try to go up to three and a half, they're usually taking you all the way up to minus 150. Mm. That is, I, I do like the two and a half then. If you ain't losing juice on it, that's hard to pass up because usually you got to sacrifice that, what, five to 10%. Right. So that's straight uh, up. And to me, it's 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 to me it's more worth having that two and a half in your pocket than hitting a money line at just as at just one twenty five. Correct. It, it would have to be a little more enticing, perhaps, to not pick up that two and a half points because that's a big deal. It could easily be a one or two point game when it's all said and done. That that half point hook on the two is a big deal. Is that crazy that I put five? thousand on jaguars to win the super bowl yeah that's uh absolutely bananas <laughs> yeah, if you have the if you did that before if you did that before last week is it if you got the money to do that anytime you want a super fan a super chat us you know we're all ears for that as well um the man that what is the i haven't seen the updated lines because they don't most of these sites don't update them until, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, until the, tonight's game is over with. But I want to see if I can get any future lines here because they are the future lines to see the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. And that, I, if you have an option to cash out right now, if you made it the bet before last week, I'd consider that perhaps. You could maybe get a, a little bit money back on that. Uh, the odds wouldn't be very good. I mean, you can go back and hedge your bet and put a bunch on the on the, on the the Chiefs. True. That's actually a better idea. They... Um... Looking at this right now, yeah, they've taken all the future bets off. So we'll talk about more tomorrow. The future bets will be back tomorrow. Um, what's funny is I've I've heard a lot of people here in Jacksonville that are wanting to know about the future bet uh, because they won the one game. I'm like, man, just just you know, don't bet what you can't lose because Jacksonville won one game against the Chargers and they feel like a team of destiny, but they're also a team that played Brandon Staley. They're going to go up against Andy Reid in Kansas City. And remember how bad they looked 
in the first half. If they do anything close to that against the Chiefs, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Can't fall behind and can't. I mean, they lost the turnover battle by five. That that sums it up right there. Brandon Staley couldn't get away win a game when his team had a plus five turnover battle. Jacksonville, although a very nice win, has a lot tougher hills to climb in the coming week. Absolutely. All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit up some more of the NFL weekend and get you ready for Bucks Cowboys. Going to get some predictions from Mr. Tampa himself. And uh, I got some thoughts on it as well. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD and 99.1 FM WQEE. Work is work. You don't show up late. You don't make excuses and you don't not work. If it wasn't work, they wouldn't call it work. They call it super wonderful, crazy fun time. <laughs> or skippity do. It all starts with just one thing. Get to know your local beekeeper. You can make sure they don't use chemicals in the hive, that they only sell surplus honey, plus locally produced honeys have a smaller carbon footprint. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's The Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com slash GA. Are you going to sit down? Shoot. No, 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 no. I'm going to I'm gonna let you guys do what you guys got to do. Don't worry about me. I'm just going to go home, make a little macaroni and cheese, seal the window, and turn on the gas. Yeah, the armchair quarterback, he's kind of fun and he's kind of bad. The All-American man. Welcome back as we are rolling. To the top of the hour, where Sports Map Radio comes your way, first name sports. Tomorrow, get your day started with Ryan O Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on the key, and noon to two, Rod Peterson show. And then you've got Sports Beat, two to three. And of course, we'll we'll take back over at three to five. Tomorrow, we've got Eddie Brown. 84 money uh coming on tomorrow and uh lo- looking forward to that going to talk some college basketball and this guy's just been on fire 
He's been on an absolute fire, and we're and we're going to ask him his secrets. And he he's also got some uh, interesting takes on what the NCAA needs to do about uh, basketball gambling. But he, if you if if you want to get an entertaining half hour or so, uh, tune in tomorrow three fifteen Eastern right here on Braves Country HD. Okay, we've got a little less than four hours till kickoff, Tones. You got your game face on, as my dad used to always ask me. I do. I'm ready for this one, and it's a weird feeling. I've never experienced a Monday night winner go home for my team before, so it's kind of one of those feelings where it's like usually Monday night football hits, you're amped, you're ready to roll, and you're thinking, all right, it's Monday, bright lights, everyone's watching us, but, you know, at least it's a short week to next week. If we lose, we get football again. This is winner go home. All eyes are on you. It's Monday night. You got to win to keep your season alive. This is a very, very special feeling. I'm very excited for this one. I got my game face more than ready. I would have to say that tonight the loser may lose his job. There's mm-hmm. probably a very, very good chance of it. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles goes out and gets gets housed or loses if they lose it it's it's going to be tom brady's last game as a buccaneer in all likelihood and i don't know if it's fair but but a lot of folks are going to blame bulls mm-hmm. conversely if the cowboys lose mccarthy i don't care what jerry jones says you can't take a team that talented and get beat by the by Tampa Bay, even though you're the road team and maybe you shouldn't be, but that's a different argument for a different day. Mm-hmm. Especially I, after last season's debacle by them in the playoffs too. You can't right. have that back to back. Once again, if, if you, if you had this long history of greatness, I get that he had a pretty good, pretty darn good career in, in green Bay, but his teams usually fell short. He had the one super bowl run. Other than that, they usually fell short and the, and the, it's not just the Cowboy fans, but it's. I also believe that Jerry Jones expects more. He's getting up there in age. This is his last run, this next two, three, four-year period with, with this group. And the window might even be shorter than that, although I don't think it's as important if your running back is, is in his prime anymore. But if they don't win, I think they're going to go wholeheartedly after Sean Payton, even though Sean Payton has publicly been kind of lobbying for the Chargers job, even though it's not open, which is usually a faux pas with coaches. But I really think it comes down to those two teams. I I know last week Bobby was talking about hoping he would end up in Arizona, but I, I think Arizona is a disaster with, with Kyler Murray. I don't think Sean Payton, who can pick and choose who he wants as his quarterback, I'm going to go between Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. I'm not going to have to take and clean up what what Kingsbury did in Arizona. Yeah, and Cowboys and Chargers defenses are both primed and ready as well. So he'd have to tinker with Arizona a bit, any other team he goes to really, whereas if you get the Chargers job or the Cowboys job, they both made the playoffs this year. They're both ready to roll next year as well. You know, Robert asks, is Georgia next, the, the next Alabama? I think they're the current Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, 
I mean, how is Georgia not? They're defending national champions. Back, back to, back. to back. Yeah. Bama Dominating, too. Playoffs. Yeah, Bama didn't even make the playoffs. I think they're absolutely the, what everyone would consider the Alabama, you know, the, the dominant program in America. And I know that's going to motivate the heck out of Alabama and Nick Saban and whatnot. And fair enough. They're going to be hell on wheels next year, I would think. But, I mean, this is what happens. And it just means for Georgia, more folks are going to are going to be coming for them. Yeah, especially when all those kids are watching draft night and you hear half the names in the first round come from Georgia. It used to be that way with Bama, but now it'll be Georgia last year and the next couple. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. So it doesn't get any heavier than back-to-back national championships. Um, Correct. The the uh, the NFL playoffs, they are off to a very good start, better than I expected. I kind of expected last night's game to be a little more one-sided, and I'll be honest with you, Baltimore looked like the better team. If Baltimore – Dobbins has a point. If, if Lamar Jackson was healthy, they beat Cincinnati. And, and I don't even know if it's close. What the heck was up with that play call sequence, too? The first time they did a play-action fullback pass on the goal line. Then from two yards out, Huntley's trying to reach that thing over. You do that if you're from the one-inch line or something. Yeah, you know, we are watching that live, and I, I was kind of trying to explain that to my wife, who's watching more and more football these days. And I, I told her, I said, it's a common play, but you never see it that far out because it was a healthy yard. The ball was actually sitting on – on the outside of the one yard line. And, you know, the only people who are going to make that leap is like Herschel Walker in his prime. You can't, cannot expect Huntley. And I, and I heard the explanation from Harbaugh afterwards saying that they felt like that if they had two shots at it, that they could get it. What are you not thinking about the fact that the first shot, someone's going to punch that ball or try to punch it out. And, and that's what happened. I will say this for Ravens fans out there. That was a block in the back. That that touchdown shouldn't have counted. Andrews got shoved in the back, clearly. How about Andrews in that speed, man? I didn't know he had that kind of speed. I've never seen him run like that on the field. He's, he's normally like very Travis Kelsey-like, just trucking, right? Mm-hmm. You know, never looks like he's in that fifth gear. That dude's got a fifth gear. Yeah, and I was watching the game with my girlfriend, and she's like, man, these guys, how do they need oxygen? I'm like, what do you mean, how do they need oxygen? They just ran Hubbard and Andrews the fastest they ever ran in their life yesterday trying to make that big of a play. Shout out to Andrews, came up just short, but those are the type of plays that could be heroic in a playoff run. Well, that and the fact that if you think about they had just gone this long drive right down their throat, and I mean, Hubbard's just, you know, you're, you're about out of gas at that point. And then, oh, by the way, 98 yards, let's go, baby. Go, 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 go. I, I mean, look, I was cheering them on. I, I was pulling for the bungles. I mean, there I was, I, I had, not only did I have them on the money line, but I had them getting, uh, on, on, um, on a couple of teasers. I did not take them straight up on the spread. I did not feel comfortable with that. AFC North games are always nail biters. I almost took Baltimore in the points, but I left it alone because I had so many uh, teasers. But the whole time, I was like, man, this is not looking good. And if they would have scored, I really felt like, dude, Joe Burrow on that offensive line is in shambles. 
their and left tackle got wrecked last night. I know. I, I know the play calling would have been different if you're down seven as opposed to up seven, but that offense was anemic in the second half. Mm-hmm. They are now the only good news for them. If we want to pivot over to the other game real quick. Miami and Buffalo. Miami gave Buffalo fits, and they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Buffalo should have been able to name their score, and they win by field goal. And I get it; they get the win, they get the stop at the end, et cetera, et cetera. But that was that, that's too close for comfort. So these are two teams that are going to be limping in to the semifinals of the AFC. Whereas Kansas City's licking their chops, ready for a, a Jacksonville. T- oh, by the way, Trevor Lawrence is still not as undefeated on Saturday. Trevor Lawrence is playing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now that's not going to help you if they if they win in going forward because all the games will be on Sunday. But I, I do find that interesting. Um, Ride that wave while it could last. Yeah, I well, I'm planning on it. I, I'm taking the Jags. I told you I've already taken the Jags and the over, but I, but I teased them both down. Uh, yeah, hey, it's been a weekend of overs. I think every overs hit so far in every game. You're right now that you mention it because the the one bet that won't, they messed up a few of my cards was taking the under on the Seattle game because we didn't get the bad weather that we were we were promised. Mm-hmm. I mean, they said it was going to be raining sideways and sleep. I, I think that was all a hoax sideways slitting everything game starts out we get sunshine and they say well it's by second half and i mean my god they might as well had parasols out there taking strolls in the park <laughs> you see the nfl do that a couple times this year too remember the saturday night bills dolphins game they hyped up like it was supposed to be snow apocalypse and there wasn't an inch of snow on the field actually itself they might as well been rowboating heading to a picnic <laughs> I, can't, I, I couldn't believe it. Me neither. I, that I, thing, I, instantly, I was like, well, these cards are done. I was like, thank God I, I didn't put the, I only put the, the under on two of them. I ended up playing like around 12 cards. And most of mine are still alive, by the way, as long as, as long as Tampa doesn't get annihilated tonight, I'm going to hit most of my cards. Um, I did go back and hedge a little bit and took, uh, took, took the Cowboys and the over on a money line parlay because that's about the only thing that, that could absolutely wreck me right hey well at least it you know win either way it seems like so yeah well i should have a profitable it's it, but it's gonna be much more profitable if the if the uh buccaneers where your buccaneers are <laughs> We all know the answer to that, but um, I'm uh, excited about the game tonight. We're going to get your pick here in a second, but one more game that we haven't really touched on much, that Giants-Vikings game, man. Mm. Incredible. With two first-year head coaches, they went toe-to-toe battling. That was a lot of fun. But that that Vikings defense, they've got to just – everybody on the staff that defense was i mean we're talking about guys were wide open 
Mm-hmm. All game. All, and you're talking about the Giants. Not only guys, but the Giants were wide open. They probably got up that well, pass with like two and a half minutes, three minutes left. There wouldn't even be any drama because they, they would have been able to run the clock out. Mm-hmm. Giants I mean, need some weapons. On a third, was it like third and 15, somewhere in that neighborhood? And he was going to get 20 easy before, before he ran into somebody. Mm. Unbelievable. Saquon Barkley looks really good too. He looks fresh. He looks primed. When he touches the ball, he's running harder than I've seen in a long time right now. Perhaps his rookie year with the Giants. That team, you called it on the show last week, but they had the perfect game plan and the perfect execution. Yeah, they I look at I, I like the Giants all week. I still didn't really believe it, but I but I did because I put my money where my mouth was. But there's always a part of you going, I don't know, man. Am I doing this just because I've always kind of liked the Giants and you know, hoping they come out there with the 1980s Giants helmet on. Um, and it's not that I dislike the Vikings. I actually think the Vikings got one, one of the coolest uniforms in all of football. But mm. I, I didn't believe in that in, in that Vikings defense, and that's why I went with the Giants. Because when it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've got to have a defense if you're going to win. All the nonsense, all the fantasy football nonsense comes to a screeching halt in the NFL, um, in, the, in the NFL playoffs. I've got friends asking me, who should I play? In fantasy, uh, you know, DFS and whatnot, I, I I try to tell them, but it falls on deaf ears. Like, it's a dicey thing to even play fantasy DFS, but if you're going to, don't assume that the guys like a Justin Jefferson are going to go off mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Go, what you need to do is look at who's the worst rated defenses and go from there because the good defenses are going to notch it up just a little more. I think I saw a stat where they had Justin Jefferson had five targets on that first drive where they just went right down the field, right, and scored. Mm-hmm. I think it was five ca- uh, five targets and three or four catches for, I want to say, 30 yards. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the game, he had five targets for 17 yards. They shut him they down. They didn't even target him in the last possession. Not one throw. I'm sorry. In the uh, in the fourth quarter, not yeah. one throw went his way. And what the heck was that last? I mean, you might as well throw it up to Justin Jefferson on that last play. We've seen Kirk Cousins do that against Buffalo, and Jefferson came down with that wild one-handed catch. Instead, he threw it like what one yard to Hawkinson on fourth and nine. Why wouldn't you throw that up to Jefferson, even if he's double covered? Well, Jefferson was was uh, bracketed, so there was no chance on that. But I real I don't know if I'm going to bet if I'm going to blame Cousins or if I'm just going to blame blame the call design. But really, the game's lost before then. When you get to fourth and 15 and you're going against a good defense, let's be honest, unless, unless you get some kind of miracle that almost happened in Baltimore where the ball was tipped. And I mean, can you imagine if that guy makes the catch? Do you know how irate I would have been? Because no matter what, because I had the under, the under's gone. The total was 41 points at that point. For folks that missed it, the final play of the game, it was almost like a Hail Mary, but it was only from about 30 yards out, so I don't know if i called call it a Hail Mary. But it, but it definitely was an alley-oop. The ball gets deflected, and if it goes backwards deflection, the receiver's actually going to make the catch. It's, it's going to hit him in the breadbasket. But it veers off a little bit, and he tries to reach out. It barely t- touches like the edge of his fingertips and falls to the ground. I'm, I'm, I bet that kid's going to have nightmares all off season. But, James Proch, that was. And, yeah. But 
I mean, ah, but it was one of those things where he just, it was more of his moment. Like if he would have been anticipating that and dove towards it, he, he probably would does make the catch, but it was one of those things where he's waiting to see where that ball goes. And I think of all the, the directions it went, he didn't expect it to go that direction. So he was almost fighting his own weight. And when he dives out there, it's like, Oh my word. And like, he probably, but Hey, what about the fact of the, can we talk about the fact that they had zero awareness of the clock they, mm -hmm. i'm assuming that you watch it to the end correct correct what in the world is going on there there's no hurry up they're going into full huddles it's not even a sugar huddle they're going into full huddles tick 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 and their defense is going to score too quickly. There's like, tw I mean, literally when, when Collinsworth is pointing it out, it's, it's a huge issue, right? Mm -hmm. Because normally they don't like to go after these kids. I mean, and I, I'm not putting that on Huntley. That's coming from the sidelines. I mean, you gotta be going, let's go, let's go. What do you do? They even had timeouts. You could have called a timeout. Mm -hmm. And the way their defense was playing, they shouldn't have been that afraid to give it back to Joe Burrow. Like you said, 15 to 20 seconds, your defense playing that high of a level. Eh, it's going into overtime, a good chance at that point, if you score. We're going to take a really quick 60-second break. When we come back, we're going to answer that question on the screen. Most overrated team in college football. We're going to hit, hit your player props. You're going to get the predictions for Monday Night Football. We will be back in a flash here on The Key. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. We are back. Let's get into it, Tones. I don't want to run out of time here. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot to do and a little time to do it in. wanted to give you 60 seconds to kind of think about your your answer there uh i'll go ahead and give you mine and then you, you give me yours most overrated college football program to me year in and year out is the texas longhorns i was gonna say the miami u okay and you've got du okay um i can i can see that one as well i feel i feel like i hammered them enough i was gonna leave them alone uh, <laughs> texas and i know it's because it's our largest state, huge population, huge fan base. They get a lot of attention, got their own network that's basically failed. And mm -hmm. ESPN wants them to be dominant, but they're constantly ranked higher than they should be. And they don't get me wrong. They've had some very good teams, but it's been few and far between in my lifetime. In my mm -hmm. lifetime, come on now. Uh, I've been I, yeah. college football for a little over 40 years now. 40 years. Texas has been relevant for about five of them. Yeah, and it's like they keep shoving them down our throat to try and brainwash us to become Texas fans year in and year out, and they're just not a fun product to watch. No, they're not. They're they're awful. 
And, and I feel that way about the U a little bit. Yeah, and I can see that too. They're just so irrelevant. They didn't even come into my <laughs> into my thought process, to be perfectly honest. Oh man. I mean, I mean, they're so irrelevant at this point. I mean, and it's it's not getting any better. <laughs> hey, I agree with that completely. Oh man. I would for Big Ten alone, I'd say Michigan State, but just in the Big Ten. You know, my first memories, early memories of Texas football, because you didn't get them a lot in the Southeast in the uh, early 80s. One of my first memories was the 1984 Cotton Bowl where Georgia and Texas played. And I remember right before that, my grandfather asked me who I thought was going to win all the games. It was New Year's Day and there was a national championship game. You know, I told him Miami. It, it, obviously, I was a kid. I picked all the Southern teams because we lived in the South and that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But I, I told him Georgia. And he said, well, he, he said, well, no, you, you know, the, uh, the Longhorns are, are, uh, I want to say they were undefeated that year and talking about how the Longhorns are, are going to beat them and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to go with Georgia because I was already a Herschel Walker fan mm -hmm. and I watched that game and I will never forget. I don't remember how much time was on the clock or anything like that, but I remember late in the fourth quarter, Georgia punted the ball and they, in, in today's world, you, they probably would have killed them because it was fourth and short. They punted the ball to try to, to set up a, uh, basically a three and out to get the ball back And Texas fumbled the punt. Georgia mm. punched it in and won it 10 to nine. Holy crap. I think it's one of my first like solid memories of, of college football was Georgia beating them. And then of course, later on, that evening, uh, Miami beating Nebraska. Some good times there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, that that was college football. But I do believe that. Uh, yeah, Brian says we're coming, Buffalo. Yeah, they're well aware. Both y'all are limping in. You you better you better be worried about Kansas City. Them Jaguars, baby. Wow. Andy Reid and Trevor Lawrence, you know, whoever wins that game, most likely Kansas City, but they're going to be primed and ready to roll for the Bills-Bengals winner, that's for sure. And the way Bills-Bengals is looking, those teams are so banged up, they're going to go through such physicality that game. Whew. Well, let's go ahead and get into the Monday Night Football. Uh, what player props are you liking the most? Now, this one, you don't get that great of a return. It's about minus 145, but Chris Godwin over six and a half receptions. I think he's going to have a really big game tonight. I think that Dallas is going to try and focus in on Mike Evans, and I think Godwin's going to be able to free up with that one. And a touchdown score I like as well when you're looking at the Buccaneers side of the ball. Uh, Cowboys side of things, um, I'll get into a prop bet I like there shortly, but on the Buck side of the ball, talking about touchdown score specifically, I wouldn't be afraid to throw some money on uh, Chris Godwin overall touchdown. And a matter of fact, if you're feeling frisky, Chris Godwin first touchdown is times 10. Overall touchdown is times 165. So if you bet overall touchdown $10 on it, you'd win 1650 If you bet first touchdown, you put 10 on it, you'd win 100 I like a lot of Chris Godwin prop bets tonight. Let me ask you something. I know Kate Otten has, has come on, but is Cameron Brait still getting a decent number of snaps? 
Nowadays. Cam Bright, they actually rested him last week so he could be ready to roll for today. He's expected to play a I'll good amount today. I love. Any time touchdown pass to Cameron Bright is plus seven fitting. I like that one a lot because Kyle Rudolph is out today as well. Here's another one. This is, I mean, that he's on the roster tonight because uh, I haven't seen the finals of it. For some reason, he likes him during the playoffs. Any time touchdown pass or any time touchdown, Scotty Miller, 1,000. I like that one as well because all it takes is one fly route that Dallas is yeah. trying to cramp down on Evans and Godwin on, and then Scotty Miller just flies right past you. If I was going to grab one on the Dallas side and I wanted one with high odds, I'll tell you who I like because I think they're going to be trying to clamp down on CeeDee Lamb and keeping an eye on where's Pollard and where's Elliott and, oh, my word, Schultz. But a guy they tend to, to target near the goal line, it is now at plus 550, Noah Brown, anytime touchdown. And one defensive one I like is uh, sacks. Joe Tryon on the Bucks to get over half a sack. That's plus 270. So that's a pretty dang good one there. And then if you're a Cowboys fan, obviously, Micah Parsons, I know he's had a lot more success on turf than grass this year, but Bucks are shuffling their O-line around with Jensen back. Uh, Leverett's out the left guard. So Micah Parsons over half a sack at plus 122. I like both those sack bets over a lot. I like Pollard total receiving yards over 21 and a half. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good especially, one. Especially if they fall behind, it's going to be the Tony Pollard show in that backfield. Absolutely. I think that's a really good one. I didn't know that was um, that low. I mean, all, with Pollard, all, all it takes is one swing pass. He breaks one tackle, and, and he'll get you 23, 24 yards, right? So. Correct. And what, I, I guess I'll be nice to the Cowboys and name one I kind of like for Dallas right now. Receiving yards, you name Tony Pollard. I'll go with Dalton Schultz over 38 and a half. It seems like if the Bucks do let up some decent receiving yards, it's the tight end sometimes. So I could see maybe Dalton Schultz finally stepping up for the Cowboys. Okay. Monday Night Football predictions. I'm sure you're taking the Bucks. That's not the thing I want to ask you. Because I'd be shocked if you told me, give me the Cowboys minus two and a half. The over under. The over under. Because I, by the way, I'm in agreement with you. I'm I'm taking Dal, uh, Tampa Bay as well. But the over under is 45 and a half. Are you over or are you under? I, I've been under all week, but since all these games in the playoffs have gone over to this point, it's hard not to go over right now. But 45 and a half, I, I'll go over because I, my final score prediction does give it a point and a half over. I'm not that confident in it in totality, but I will say I predict it will go over just based on how the playoffs have been going. The Bucks' offense looked a little bit better down the stretch. And Cowboys, they could put up points in a bunch. I'll go over. Barely your, over. What is your final score prediction? 27 to 20 Tampa. That would barely put it over. All right, 27 to 20 Tampa. And I am going to go Tampa Bay 24-21 and just get the under. Hey, I, I like that. Any W possible. I, I don't mind if it's the under or over. Just win any way possible. All right, brother. What's your walk off? 
My walk-off is this. Enjoy tonight's football game, last Monday night game of the year. Uh, we only got weekend football from here on out. But enjoy the playoffs nonetheless. Before you know it, we'll be sitting there hoping baseball is getting underway. So just enjoy the sports while you have them. They don't last forever. All right, my walk-off is uh, just want to make sure that we uh, wish everyone a happy Martin Luther King Day here in Atlanta. And stay tuned for Sports Map. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 to 5. You don't want to miss Eddie Brown, downtown Eddie Brown, Eddie for money. We're going to have him on talking some college basketball betting, and he has been on fire. Tonight's pick, I'll put it up on Twitter. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Got to go. See ya. If I can find the button. There we go. <laughs> Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. September, something of a fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of a fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know.